Hello and welcome to the brand new series of Feels Like Healing with me, Al Lewis. Before we begin this episode, I just wanted to let you know that we're going to be doing a special live recording of Feels Like Healing on Wednesday the 25th of January at 7pm at St John's Church in Canton in Cardiff, where my panel will include the actress Hannah Daniel, the filmmaker and director Gavin Porter, and the actress and writer Caris Hilary. All three of my special guests have been impacted by grief and have used creativity as a way to help them better understand their loss. If you'd like to be in the audience for this special live recording of Feels Like Healing, you will find a link in the episode description to where you can reserve your ticket. Entry is free, and I look forward to seeing you there. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to Feels Like Healing with me, Al Lewis. A podcast where I talk to artists about how creativity has helped them process their grief. The reason I'm making this podcast is because when I was 21, I lost my dad to MS. That seismic moment in my life made me decide to become a singer-songwriter. I'd been making music before that point, but never considered it a life choice or as a career. However, after the death of my dad, creativity became a solace for me, in a way I could express both my joy and my pain. It made me feel alive in the very moment when I was confronted with the ephemeral nature of life and the devastating reality of loss. So I wanted to talk to other people who've ended up in the creative world, but who've also experienced loss, to see whether they have similar stories of why they got into creativity, or whether they were already creative people and just happened to suffer grief. I hope during these conversations that I will come to better understand grief and why it makes us feel how we feel and do what we do. This is Feels Like Healing. My guest this week on Feels Like Healing is the London-based singer-songwriter Carmody. Carmody first came to prevalence with her debut EP, uh, Out to Sea, which was a collaboration with Tom Meesh. And it was an EP that gathered loads of support online and on radio. And people like Annie Mack and Zane Lowe were big fans. It sort of catapulted Carmody into the mainstream media after that point. And uh, it followed with lots of EPs and singles. And then uh, just this year came her debut album, Imperfect Constellations. What drew me was a song called Morning, which I heard on a Spotify playlist that I was listening to. The lyrics sort of alluded to loss and grief, which made me dig a bit deeper into Carmody's story and found out that she sadly lost her dad uh, three years ago in 2019. And that that loss has been a huge part of her uh, creativity since then. So I thought I would ask her if she would be willing to discuss that a bit further with me on this podcast. So hi, Carmody. How are you doing? Hi. Yeah, I'm good. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, thanks for thanks for coming to chat. So to give listeners a bit more of a backstory, um, I, I like to ask my guests, first of all, like, what was your first introduction to creativity in general? Like what, what drew you in to being a creative person? And at what age was that? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, I think I grew up, my grandma looked after me quite a lot when I was younger and she kind of taught me a lot of songs um, and that felt like a, yeah, quite a, a creative outlet, like just learning learning music. And then I think I also just loved um, lyrics and writing down lyrics and kind of started writing bits of poetry and yeah I was just drawn to songs basically and that kind of brought out a creativity in me I'm not much of a like visual artist or anything but 
um, yeah, I think that's where it started. And sort of how old were you at this point? Um, well, when I was with my grandma, I was probably about two or, or three. Okay, so pretty young then. <laughs> yeah, quite young. But obviously I wasn't I wasn't being like super creative, but she was just kind of yeah, teaching me teaching me songs. She's Jewish, so a lot of the songs weren't were, were Hebrew. So um cool. that was like interesting as well because I didn't yeah. really know what I was singing and what I was learning, <laughs> but um yeah. And then I guess like my own kind of active creativity is probably more like end of primary school, beginning of secondary school you know just kind of learning from the greats and trying to write a bit like them but didn't really like connect up songwriting and singing and playing guitar for a long time they were all like separate entities for me but then I started to put them put them together sorry writing and singing and guitar but then I kind of started putting them together and writing songs and what were the themes in those first few forays into songwriting for you? I'm guessing as, as like a teenager, um, what what were you writing about back then? Is it the usual things of teenage love and loss? And <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I had a, I had a, my first boyfriend. Um, he used to smoke Mayfair cigarettes. So <laughs> I remember one of the songs was like, "You cover me in Mayfair kisses." <laughs> <laughs> easy loves easy loves what we've been missing so yeah it was a lot of um songs about us actually and our breakup because um i love him i still love him now but like it was a very tumultuous and difficult relationship as he'll probably agree as well you know full of teenage teenage angst but um yeah he kind of inspired me actually to start writing after like a terrible breakup with with him <laughs> yeah and d- did you st- know from an early age that you wanted to be a musician a songwriter because um for me I I didn't know until uh, well until I lost my dad really which was at 21 so I'd just finished Mm. uni and at that point I was sort of a bit a bit rudderless a bit lost about what I was going to do and I thought well life is short I'm gonna I'm gonna go for music and see what happens what was the what was sort of the initial decision for you to become a musician and and what was the driving force behind that yeah to be honest I was quite a late late comer to the to the idea of it um as I said I hadn't really connected them all together and that breakup um which was throughout my like late teens and then lastly in the first year of university um I started writing in that in that first year properly after our our breakup and um but I was doing an English literature degree, so I didn't really think that I would be writing songs. And then I came out of uni and I was just writing songs as like a a joy, a kind of joyful thing, you mm-hmm. know, just just really enjoying it um, therapeutically and like recording my life and played it to someone on our road, like one of my parents' friends and and uh, they were like, you should take this more seriously. And I started working with them. And then that's how I got connected with Tom Mish because we live in the same kind of community. But um, so I knew of him, but I hadn't played with him before. And we just started writing from there. So yeah, but I think, I think you know, sim- not obviously not a similar route to, to loss, but it was a, to losing a father, but it was like losing a love, you know, yeah. like that yeah. I found that creativity was was healing um, during that process. So after that 
that so that first EP you did with Tom that was sort of the first that was the first thing you really did out of out of university then that was quite a big introduction to to music yeah yeah um we did release like a couple of songs before as well but um it was in the the heydays when um SoundCloud was just so easy and you know all the <laughs> blogs were like up and running and um there weren't as many artists so it was just like quite a easy process to get to get heard and we released a song together called the last song which we didn't work on very much that was our first song together this is the last song that leaves my mouth for you this is the last song that leaves my body for you this is the last song that leaves my mouth for you this is the last song that leaves my body for you And it did stood really well and got on like majestic casual and um it kind of spiraled from there and then tom was like do you want to do an ep and i think that was like 2013 when we released our first thing um yeah and then i didn't get my act together and release my own solo stuff till like 2016 so it took me a while to get there <laughs> but did it did it make did it reinforce in you this 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 idea that you wanted to be a creative that that was the path for you work-wise job-wise yeah um I love I love writing songs I think it's like a puzzle like a creative puzzle you know when you get when you get stuck or when you um I don't know yeah I just I find it such a I don't think you're channeling any gods but you're channeling something that's beyond yourself and that feels very special um and it's a joy to like have that as 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 my work and so we move forward a few years um it's 2019 and and you've sadly lost your dad um Mm -hmm. at what point did you well first of all was was his death a surprise was it something that you could um prepare for or was it a, a a sudden death yeah so it was quite sudden um I went with my partner to to Vietnam and I kind of knew something was up because he just kept going to the doctors and kept having a stomachache and I was just, you know, I was very anxious and all through Vietnam I was just like calling him, like video calling to check his face and see how he looked and stuff. But yeah, he was very good at hiding everything and so was my mum and then like I arrived home from Vietnam and my mum just said, oh, your dad's been taken to hospital because he's been diagnosed with pancreatic cancer and obviously it's just that's like I've never known a cancer like it it just it spreads like a wildfire so um, you don't really start getting symptoms until it's basically at stage four and like usually unless you're really lucky so usually the Mm. liver's kind of gone and yeah it's kind of gone into the liver and it wasn't in his lungs but he was coughing quite a lot and had quite a sore voice so we were like suspicious of that and and the stomach and it was just everywhere so um they they didn't even want to give him any treatment um so we went down lots of alternative routes um in kind of desperation did loads of wacky things 
for about three weeks and then he he did just pass away there was there was a point where I think about a week before he died that he was just like I don't I don't want to do this anymore um so yeah it was very quick it was like from he obviously knew about it before me but from my like discuss like me finding out about it to his death it was three weeks um wow. so it was very short amount of time and yeah it was very very difficult time and I'm like still kind of working through that like the trauma of of someone dying because people don't really talk about it but it's it's horrendous like and I don't I, I couldn't believe that we don't have like def better ways of you know treating people when when they are dying you know yeah it's because it leaves your loved ones traumatized which feels really mm. difficult whereas you know when a when an animal's really sick and they're gonna die you you put an animal down anyway that's a bigger <laughs> bigger um talk but um yeah it was it was a really it was a really difficult um time um but also and had like moments of beauty in it as as well in a in a really strange and um surprising way your ep came out um you just mentioned to me earlier almost a year to the point after his death in 2020 you released the ep my jupiter which so many of the songs um deal with it which strikes me as it's really amazing that you were able to put down in words your feelings about your dad and and his loss within such a short time frame um um, cause, uh, for me, it's taken it's taken fifteen years almost to sort of reach that point. So, um, I wondered, like, was it for you? Was it a, a way of 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 helping you with deal with the the pain and the loss? Was that why you went at at it so quickly to to write songs, or would, or did they just sort of you were writing and you didn't realise that that's what would come out? Mm, um, that's a really good question. I think. I think I've always written music as a way of processing what's going on for me in my life. So you can follow like my life through my songs from like 2014 to to now. Um, it's kind of like a public diary almost in, in a musical mm. form. <laughs> um, and yeah, I guess it just kind of came quite quite naturally that this is this is the way I would manage my grief and try to, to process what had happened and yeah even even when my dad was dying which it always sounds very strange but when he was dying I was I remember kind of looking at him coming in and out of consciousness and I just came up with this line and it was like how can this be stronger than my love because it was like how can this cancer be beating like all the prayers that you know all his neighbors were saying and his family and you know all the curries that my grandma was cooking to try and like nurse him <laughs> back to health you know there was so much that everyone was doing like all orbiting around him um to try and you know help him and bring him back to the living but you know the cancer was was stronger than anything we could do and how be stronger than my love and how how can this be stronger than my love than my love 
It felt really perverse to be thinking of this <laughs> kind of line while my dad was was dying, but it also felt important. And um, nothing was ever really forced. Um, it just it just did just kind of come come to me um, through f- through the kind of experience of losing someone that's like so frontline to your to your world and so part of part of your life. Um, I guess if you think of like um, songs being quite transcendental as well, I think when you lose someone, I don't know if you've you experienced this with with your dad, but you feel like closer to the afterlife and closer to the kind of edge of everything, which for me brought out um, a lot more creatively than it ever has before, because I felt. I felt closer to to where to where that place is, where the songs come come from, mm, in yeah. in his in his death. Um, and also, there were there were a couple of the songs on there that um, I actually started writing before he died, which was also very strange because um, a lot of them felt like they were written after he died. So that more than I miss you um, was basically written before he died, um, and then. Lives Apart started off as a song about me and my partner kind of like growing up together and and drifting in and out of each other. Um, But then the second verse I wrote after my dad died, so it was kind of paralleled between my partner in the first verse and and my father in the other verse, but both this kind of like trying to negotiate the space between people um, even when they've passed away kind of try and negotiate the space between the living and the dead um when initially it was the space between the living and the living and like a a relationship um yeah but the others were written afterwards and how how did it feel to well first of all to write them and then after that process uh, to to release them when what would the re- what was the reaction like what was it a, a healing process for writing it and releasing it or did you because I feel quite um tentative and and a bit nervous about releasing some of these songs because it's um like you say it's a subject that um society is still a bit uncomfortable about Mm. and um so how how did you broach it when you decided that you were going to release these songs as a EP and you know make it about grief um yeah, I, d- I don't want to put you off <laughs> because, <laughs> because um, yeah, I think the the process of writing these songs and working with people and sharing my like grief with the musicians and artists around me and like having those tender moments was such a special time for me and it was it was really important for my journey. Um, my like grief journey and I think in hindsight I feel better for having written that that music Um, and I'm glad I did it and it also records like this real rawness and this tender difficult time in in my life that I I'm like not I'm not there anymore I'm still grieving but I it's like 
I'm not sh I don't know who that person was but I think it's so important to have a record of who that person was for me um yeah I remember I said to my therapist recently that like I I was just like oh I'm I feel a lot better now than I did three years ago and she was like are you sure it's better or are you just like like relearning a, a new stranger you know like because once when you you lose someone you kind of feel really rootless I think you called you called it rudderless and like you're just kind of I felt like I was just kind of wandering around like learning who this fatherless daughter was you know and now I feel like slightly better but also a little bit guilty for feeling slightly better so it's like I've I'm in this ever-evolving stranger who's just learning relearning the, the person I am like finding my way back to myself um but when I released the music it was really difficult because it was a soul making process creating it but it's can be quite soul taking releasing it and trying to commodify it because it's something mm. that's so so raw and so close to your bones like I I was almost treating it like not obviously not how I felt but how I was releasing it I was not cautious enough with myself and I was treating it like I was releasing songs about a relationship but they were such personal songs um and obviously it is about a relationship but it's about a relationship with someone who's died so it was really tricky and it is quite people like like songs because they can relate to them and if you haven't experienced a parent dying or someone really really close to you dying it's quite it might be quite a difficult record to get to grips with I'm, I imagine you know so you're kind of might be alienating some some of some of my audience so so I guess it's you know even if they had been through a bereavement it, it might not be the kind of way they, they choose to grieve and not the way they relate to grief um so yeah I I guess it's quite tricky to like create something that um resonates with with everyone especially because a lot of people um very lucky people haven't experienced you know a, a kind of frontline frontline grief losing like someone really really close to them that really affects their life um so it might be something they don't want to engage with yet or it just might be something that they can't relate to but it was really hard to commodify something that was so <clears throat> raw and so close to me and obviously so so new you know that you, you mentioned that like releasing something a year after seems like quite a short space of time and and it was and you know a lot I questioned whether the whole process was was good for my grief at, at the time because um I was just coming to terms with it and then I was like presenting it to the world and yeah. you know putting it up to the world for them to kind of listen and yeah and it, it just felt it felt like too much in in quite a short a short space of time and so in hindsight do you feel like you would have changed the strategy and the 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 plan that you made for that ep um it's interesting because i just feel like what else would i have done because you know even you, you found me through the the album which you know morning is a grief song and I think I always write songs until the experience is feels a little less in my bones, you know, until mm -hmm. I feel yeah. 
um, like I don't need to write about it anymore. You know, it's all quite unconscious, but I, I find that it passes through me through the songs and then I can like, but, you know, I had this fear that is this going to be the only thing that I ever write about again? You know, because mm. I'm never going to fully process my dad not being here anymore. So that, that was going to be my next question was after doing that EP, like you just alluded to, you, you have written about it again on the album. So so there was a feeling with you that, that yeah, that, that wasn't quite enough. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of grief throughout throughout the album. And I kind of released the songs in clump in like I like to call them like constellations of, of threes. And there's a whole constellation on on loss. Um and yeah, I think I think I I I'm I'm never gonna be finished writing about the loss of 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 my dad, and it kind of seeps in in different ways. But I kind of learn from the songs that I'm writing that my grief is evolving because now um, for like my next EP, I'm you know I think I'm gonna call it. I'm re- was really inspired by this poet called Rebecca Elson who wrote loads of poetry. Um, while she was dying, um, and she is a astrologist, um, no astronomer. I always get them confused. But <laughs> me too, me too. <laughs> yeah, um, and uh, yeah. So she was. She just writes all this stuff about the planets and the Earth, and you know, kind of connecting us, reconnecting us to the universe as humans. And you know, she was close to the afterlife, and you can feel that in her writing. And yeah, so I guess. I mean, with permission from the family, I haven't actually contacted them yet, but I want to call the next project um, Antidotes to Fear of Death, which is one of the titles from her, one of her poems that is a favourite of, of mine. And um, now I'm kind of writing about finding the light in, in the darkness of, of loss. So they're mm. a bit more... Um, yeah, they're a little, a little... feel to me like a little bit lighter and you know just finding that that tension between the two dichotomies and learning to live between them rather than the loss is awful and I'm just stuck in this sadness forever well that's an that's another stage isn't it that's like, like you just alluded to and uh, I, I always thought growing up that grief would be this linear thing which would just subside but mm. it's not, is it? It's like we say, it's uh, ever undulating and ever changing, and um, and and it's it's great to hear that you're now reached that point of of searching for the light in grief, because I do think mm. I do think there is a strength, an inner strength, and a positivity that you can get out of loss, and mm. um, I try and uh, allude to that in my writing, and I think, like you say, it's. Um, the 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 darkness is a stage but you do get out of it and time the cliche time is a healer but it is and mm. um, so that's interesting to hear now that you've got even more material coming out and and it's looking at grief from a different perspective that's really cool yeah yeah but i don't know when i'll be done writing so so you know to go back to your original question i guess if i hadn't of like released um my Jupiter when I released it I I might not have released music for like four years and that Mm. wasn't really going to happen but part of me did question whether I should have just created the project expense and all without releasing it just as a way of 
processing my grief but not sharing it with with the world but then you know it's opened up conversations with people like you and you know people contact me on on Instagram and say that it's helped them and you know that that's what's really important um even though it was it was hard and you know perhaps it didn't reach as many people as I wanted or didn't get received by PR as like well as I'd hope but it it, it's still the important bit is like if what if it touches one one person you know and I think that's important to cherish exactly that's that's why we write songs isn't it it's to make that connection and uh, Mm. and to like you say to make other people feel like what they're going through isn't they're not alone in in those thoughts and those feelings Mm. I think that I think that's a huge gift that songs can do so um no, I think don't ever think you shouldn't have released it. I think it's important to release these types of songs. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I'm excited um, to hear your your project. Do you know people who've gone through something similar? Yeah, two of my closest friends um, from school. Uh, they they both well, m- my friend lost her her mum when she was I think 19 or 18, so very young, and then from pancreatic cancer as well actually. And then my other friend lost her dad, my, one of my best friends. Um, so. Yeah, and there we're all in this kind of circle of friends. There's about ten of us from from secondary school, and um, yeah, so they're really supportive because it does feel like, I mean, it sounds quite dark, but I always, when I speak to people, and you know, you find out they have lost a parent, or I can kind of recognise sometimes that they've they've experienced loss, and you know, I think you can sense that from people. And you know, I call us creatures of the underworld, the people who <laughs> experience grief, because you're kind of halfway. I think, yeah, you're kind of. I f- I often feel like halfway between the living and and the dead, because part of a big part of me died when my dad died, and. So now I find graveyards really comfortable. Like I go, I go to graves all the time. It's like I'm hang. I like I feel more comfortable hanging out with the dead sometimes. And <laughs> um, and there's a language with people who have lost um, a parent or a sibling or you know a, a, a partner that that doesn't come until you've lost a person I think and and it's you know people call it a club but I I think we're just like these yeah these creatures of the underworld who who have this language <laughs> between each other and and an understanding that you know as as empathetic as anyone is they just they just won't get it and it's great that they're empathetic and until you're in the club yeah yeah until you're in the club because it's just a such a strange feeling and grief is you know it's totally erratic and that's one of the things that i think we we as humans find the most difficult it's like you don't know when it's going to hit you you'll be in a cafe i was i was in a dentist and i started crying because yeah they use this sucky machine that anyway i won't go into details but it was like to do with my <laughs> do with my dad's death and like i was just I didn't expect that trigger and there's just yeah. triggers everywhere and then you know if you have I got married last year and it was it was beautiful but I was just like I want my dad to be here why does this feel sad even though I'm happy and you know so all these life these life um landmarks that they're not to experience and so things that are joyous can feel sad as well and that's sad because you want joyous things to just be joyous but they can't be anymore yeah. No, that's that's very true, and 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 you're right that your grief is is directly affected by by yeah by going through these life moments. Um, I, I similar to you had a 
uh, yeah, a real poignancy to my wedding day and, and the exact same feelings that you felt. And and also when I had my first child as well and that those mm. moments and you think, oh, yeah, they're not going to meet their granddad. And it, yeah, yeah like, like we say, it, it sort of brings things back to the surface that you thought that you dealt with <laughs> a long time mm. ago. But um, So how, how do you find performing these songs live because I think there's there's a there's this thing of being able to write them and record them which can be s- still quite an intimate experience but what's it like because I've, I've yet to sing these songs live what's it like for you what was it been like to sing and talk about your dad to a to an audience yeah um in a way it's really heartwarming because you're carrying on their memory and I'm I think I'm quite bad at that sometimes you know um I was actually going to ask you if you if you talk to your 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 children about about your dad very much and kind of keep because yeah I don't have kids but I'd always like to think that I would but I do find it still very painful to talk about him so I'm like wanting to live like his personality more than like my get my own grief because you know yeah but like I do want to carry his memory and I guess through the songs I managed to do that in a less for me in a strange way like a less emotional way because mm-hmm. um yeah I'm talking about him but I I don't I yeah manage not to kind of break down in <laughs> that's on good stage. that's good yeah. I mean that's my fear so I'm glad that, yeah. you, that you're able to sing these songs and do you allude to to the audience about what they're about or do you just let people just make up their own um yeah sometimes it does depend how i'm how i'm feeling because sometimes it just feels feels too much um yeah there was the last gig i did i played like a um a piano connor albert like we wrote this song rise together which is on the um my jupiter ep but i hope you rise Another place I can't describe I could never believe Thinking of you I wanna try And I'll hear you rise Stranger seas and kind of times How I wanna believe Thinking of you I'll always try uh, He came on stage and like played a piano version We played like a stripped down version And um that was really emotional for me and my sister was like in the front of the audience and like we kept look like catching eyes and I could see her getting teary and then I felt a bit teary and so I think that's the closest I've I've come because I could see her reaction and you know that connection between us you know that you know what the other person is feeling so yeah I I think I try not to play too many at the same <laughs> in the same gig like yeah, space them yeah. out a bit um and one's like morning like morning feels i wrote that with tom and he always brings out the joy of of my sad lyrics and it felt like a really good i think it was about a year and a half after dad had died that i saw him and yeah it just felt like a bit of a turning point because i was like oh there is a bit of lightness in in this and um so when i sing that live i just feel the the joy of it and like almost like this is the person I, I could be you know this is a future self which is like I won't see you in the morning you know but you're always in my mind won't be there in the morning telling me you'll be alright know the words still for me but you're out of sight won't be there in the morning 
I can manage that, I can hold that, I can learn to accept that. Um, yeah. So that feels nice. What, apart from music, you've alluded to poetry, what what other sources of, of art um, and creativity do you are you drawn to to sort of help process and heal and also process the grief that you're going through? Mm, poetry is a big part um, of it. Yeah, um, I like to say I'd like to say I write more of my own, but I get really frustrated with my poems. But um, I want to go back to I used to write a lot more, but I, yeah, I want to write a bit more um, poetry. But reading poetry is like something I do all the time. Um, I think there are so many incredible poems about um, you know grief and loss, and especially about like that light and dark. Thing. There's a great poem, I think it's Linda, I can't remember her second name, but it's called Why Are Your Poems So Dark? And it's just about her saying that the dark can be found in everything that's light. Mm, that's you know, nice. and it's yeah. yeah, and it's, she goes through all these different things, like the mole on a person's face and, you know, just, yeah, just all these random things that wouldn't you wouldn't expect. But it yeah, it's really beautiful, you know, kind of justifying why her poetry is quite dark to, to the person who's asked them. But um, and then I'm trying to think of other creative things. I try and move move my body a lot and, and dancing and yeah, obviously singing. <laughs> but I'd love to do visual more visual stuff. But I, I'm not much of a visual artist. Photography as well. I've bought like a a film camera you know like just yeah. like the film camera is so cheap but then getting them printed is like insane but um <laughs> yeah it's insane but it's just like there's a real magic about not remembering what's on that 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 film and then getting it developed and being like this is my life and this is a beautiful life and there are beautiful people in it and there's still beauty in the world and so I think that's also helped me um creatively um i i've also like got obsessed with um the moon yeah i was going to say about astrology cuz you're you mentioned there's a song called my jupiter on the ep and then imperfect constellations and there's like the the astrology wheel on your front cover so is that something you draw a lot on looking yeah out, um looking beyond our planet yeah i try i try to and you know whether it's I don't know. I know a lot of people roll their eyes at me, but I, I find it really comforting. And I think whatever whatever comforts you in, in yeah. grief is, is important. And um, like I, call, I called the EP My Jupiter because I went to a, um, a psychotherapist who also does astrology and he gave me a reading of mine and my dad's birth charts together. And it was just, it was such a therapeutic thing to do to like hear about our relationship kind of through the stars in a weird way um and he just said that he had a lot of jupiterian energy and that he could see why we were so close and something about jupiter being in taurus and me being a taurus and all this stuff that's a little bit beyond my <laughs> astrology knowledge but um yeah that's why i called called the EP My, My Jupiter and then um, I became obsessed with the moon because I found after my dad passed away I found a photo of the full moon um, that my dad had taken on the day that he found out that it was terminal um, 
and I kind of spoke about it in therapy and, and my therapist was like oh well that's you know we go through all the planets when we come she's she's quite she's quite a hippie as well but she's like we go through all the <laughs> through all the planets b- before we arrive at earth and the last one we go through is the moon to come down to the earth and then she was like and the first one we when we leave this world the first one we go to is 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 the moon and so your dad was probably like contemplating where to next and like you know thinking about his passing and you know coming trying to come to terms with it and almost thinking about his like future in in death even if yeah, I don't know if anyone believes in in if people, but yeah, whether what you believe in in the afterlife. But um, it made me, you know, every every full moon I go and do like a pilgrimage to find find the full moon, like dragging my husband up to the hill if we can't see it in the middle of the night, so I can take a photo and um, you know full moon ceremonies, and that like is a form of of creativity and um, yeah. So it, it also comes across it in my writing uh, I wrote that song about the moon before my dad died but it, it was about how because he was Jewish and how like Jewish people they go by the lunar calendar so all the dates constantly change even my dad's death anniversary changes so I went to see my grandma on the 18th which is his 18th of October which is his um, death anniversary and she was like unfazed because for her the 13th of October <laughs> a date that has no relationship to me at all but um, that was her that was her day to to, yeah. to be extra extra sad and so it's like it's interesting because I, I was you know my my dad was Jewish and, and she's pretty religious but um, you know I'm still very close to her even though I'm I, I wouldn't say I am practicing or anything um but um yeah it's interesting to see her relationship to to the moon and how it affects everything in her life yeah so you know you're talking about the moon and your dad contemplating that being the next destination so what's what's the next destination for you what's as we wrap up this conversation what's the what's on the horizon um you're talking about a new ep potentially with songs that have got more of a positive note to them is that is that coming out soon and what what can we expect from you yeah um that isn't really finished um there's about three songs that i've done and maybe i think a few few more songs that i might work uh, that i might try and produce in or like well work with a producer in december is the plan and then i've also started quite an exciting kind of collaborative project with a guitarist um so we're working on an EP or an album, we're not sure yet. So that's hopefully going to come out next year. Um, and yeah, just just writing, like doing some writing with other people as well. Quite enjoy getting into the world of, of other people and and like being a songwriter and just kind of helping in, in with their creative world and trying not to bring my grief into it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm excited about about the new music. Um, it's a bit harder to write happier, but <laughs> getting there. <laughs> well, getting um, there. thank you for coming on the show, Kamodi, and thank you for sharing your your story about your dad and and dealing with grief and and how you've how you've come to deal with it. Um, 
I'm sure a lot of listeners will will gain strength from it and uh, and from your songs as well. So thank you very much. Oh, thanks so much for having me, Al. It's been a pleasure. Carmody's debut album, Imperfect Constellations, is out now. You can find Carmody on social media at This Is Carmody. Information about the songs that I used in this episode are available in the description. Make sure that you rate and subscribe to this podcast as it will help to spread the word about Feels Like Healing. Thanks for listening.